Hello and welcome to the Everyday People podcast. My name is Vaibhav. Thank you so much for listening. Today's interview is with Murli from Make It Happen, which is a startup in Goa that helps you uh, take heritage walks and explore the city. A, a tourism startup. Fun fact: This is the first interview I did uh, for this season, and it inspired me to actually continue interviewing people in Make Everyday People a podcast first. Uh, initiative where it used to be a blog earlier so this interview was conducted in panjim goa somewhere mid march when i was there on my first ever solo trip we had just done a about 2 to 1 and a half hour heritage walk in old goa and we had seen some of the churches and stuff and murli had taken us through so he is one of the uh, owners shareholders of this startup and we were supposed to have a different guide but they were sick and so like the true boss that he is he he decided to take up the job because the job needs to be completed and it was fascinating it was lovely i've never been on a heritage walk before i didn't know if it was my thing but it was definitely my thing we only went to about five or six locations five or six different churches and a few different things around the coast um, to talk about historical monuments historical sites uh, very simple things but he he explained them all in great great detail and for me somebody who plays dnd who's creating a fantasy world to dm in it was amazing to see the kind of detail and storytelling that he did that it really really inspired a lot of the world building i did in the next month of dnd and i had a lot of fun the context i had been really 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 drunk the last night um, so i had met up with about 15 people in the hostel where we all were all strangers but we went out drinking together and i was so drunk and in the morning i went for this heritage walk with another one of the people i met on this journey another traveler uh, she's the one who had recommended it and so i was hungover i had not had breakfast and my arm had a new tattoo uh, which was supposed to be covered and i i had covered it with a mask but that wasn't enough and through the through the whole walk it was still burning until halfway through where i realized i have a handkerchief with me and i tied that around my uh, arm and it felt a lot better so it was very difficult for me to get through this walk because of all these reasons and yet i really enjoyed myself and i attribute that to murli and the way he structured that walk and the storytelling he was doing it was a lot of fun so if you uh, want to check out panjim or goa or dew go to makeithappen.co.in that's their website they do some virtual tours they do some on-site tours they have a store with local goods and they have uh, blogs about things that you can do in goa it's a really nice website check it out and if you do happen to uh, go to panjim reach out to them and go for a walk it's a super fun so this interview was conducted in a in his car uh, he was very sweet and he drove us back from old goa to panjim after the walk was done and the drive was about 20 25 minutes and i decided cool if i'm going to actually restart everyday people let me do it right now i asked him i pulled out my phone no mic nothing and sitting within his car we had rolled up all the windows the ac was on and we just talked for 20 25 minutes so the audio quality is pretty good and it's a fascinating interview and you're really going to enjoy it have fun yeah i'll record an introduction all later but uh, just for whoever's listening introduce yourself like uh, who are you what do you do and uh, what is your current side project okay so uh, 
my name is murli shankaran and i'm the co-founder of make it happen and uh, this is something which i do full time and uh, we are into the space of i would say heritage experiential tourism we do and we actually design community led local experiences where the we work very closely with the local community it's a very unique collaborative approach where you know we make sure the community is in the forefront of everything mm-hmm. and uh, this is to highlight you know the rich culture and heritage india has to offer so we are present in goa diu and we are expanding to other locations also so and do you have anything outside of make it happen like as a side passion project on the side that you're doing at the moment or focusing uh, on this oh uh, no this is all focused uh, you know everything that we're doing is focused at make it happen of course what happened uh, you know when you speak about side projects what comes to mind is what we did during the pandemic we actually released and uh, you know we we recorded a virtual uh, experience of panjim and that helped people understand panjim city sitting you know at the comfort of their homes right. so it could appeal to say architects and archaeologists and students architecture college students and so on so that's what happened during the pandemic we also happened to they uh, produce a film called the guardian spirits of goa oh wow okay so this is actually uh, we decided to actually go virtual with it but when we actually finished it we found out that the the production and the whole way it was filmed was so good that it makes for an actual viewing on a screen yeah so we do this in a very different format it's not a documentary film like you would see on a, a discovery channel where there is voice over we actually have the script writer of the film who's doing live storytelling when the film visuals are being screened on the big screen right so this can, this is like a nice evening event where you know a group of say i don't know 25 or 50 can assemble and we do live storytelling with the film screening happening which is a very in experimental form of i would say storytelling yeah yeah okay um so we just uh, we just went on this heritage walk with you uh, as, and saw a little bit of old goa the churches and everything uh, both of us we, we were really struck by how much uh, detail you're giving us and we're going really slow as compared to other heritage walks uh, as far as like structuring an experience a storytelling experience uh, what are the kind of principles you think you're following or like do you have any thoughts on how to structure a great storytelling experience um i would say storytelling is uh, it has to be looked at as you know not just someone who's saying something from the top of their mind and it's more it's more like an art you know which i think the current generation is definitely losing uh it's perhaps not you know intentional but maybe because of so much of content available digitally right so i would say ancient form of storytelling was more you know the uh, if you think back in the day it was theater you know mm-hmm. they that was story when uh, people would assemble there were less modes or less uh, means of entertainment they would actually assemble at a place and they would watch theater uh, there were these singers who would go around singing stories that was storytelling again and i think all of us had storytellers in our lives in form of our grandparents mm-hmm. so what we are doing is we are just following a very simple way where you tell stories in a way it's it's you know it's relatable you're able to connect to it and it's not like a a history class which you hated in school and you know you dreaded you know when is this lecture going to get over so the intention is to you know make this whole session like a breeze you would feel like you know how did two and a half hours pass by right so that's that's the way we structure it it's not very elaborate we keep things very simple and minimalistic when it comes to storytelling also the idea is not to bombard people with dates and get too significant about you know the things that happened it's all about 
you know making people connect with their surroundings that's all we follow yeah so there was a good balance today like of course some dates and obviously this the the relevance of it is that you know you learn to appreciate how a sturdy a structure is that to have lasted 400 500 years or so like when you sort of select places to look at like suppose if if i had to ask you instead of goa if you're going to go to bangalore right sure and you're going to set up an experience there what would be your research process and like how would you go about um, picking a certain route to make a structure to make a story um i would say a place like bangalore uh, and even the outskirts it's like it's quite rich in culture and heritage so yeah. uh the way we work is we don't like to select a place which is a not um, you know very uh, very secluded it, it should it should not be very secluded and away from the crowd what we like to do is we like to take simple places which already have you know quite a lot of footfall and people are already following that place and yeah, and, and, and then and yeah. then actually i would say curate something and design something interesting there in a in a commercial place itself right uh, rather than actually go to a very remote village or a very remote structure and the reason why we don't do that is because of capacity building it's very yeah, important to yeah, maintain yeah, that yeah. balance of course Tur- it's a business ultimately and tourism can't be the reason why uh, you know something uh, because of over tourism or bad capacity management the local people over there are getting affected right so if i were to go to a city uh, like bangalore or mumbai i would select the most i would say regular general place where there is lot of heritage and weave stories around that place that's what i would do awesome so uh taking a hard uh, turn away from what you do for a living right um how long have you lived in goa what has your experience been like here and um, what do you sort of like when you're off work do you go to the beach or is it like a no like locals don't go to the beach tell me more about that oh no we actually we all of us love beaches and i think all the local people uh, over here they do spend a lot of time in the beach especially when it's like saturday sunday mm-hmm. going to the beach with the family is a norm same with me i have always lived here in goa and uh, as Bar- far as Bar- i can Bar- remember yes absolutely yes. so uh, although i'm not a native goan i've always lived here and uh, i only moved out of goa after my graduation which was uh, you know the city of bangalore which which i really love of course after which i again came back here uh, because you know i felt uh, this is where my journey goes i need to be associated more with the uh, the work with the community i love the local community beat anywhere any part of india india has so much to offer yeah. so decided to come back here and uh, like i mentioned my my wife is the founder maria victor is the founder of this uh, organization make it happen and decided to join her and join in as co-founder so i've always lived here and we we love the you know the place it's it's been amazing growing here and uh, there's so much we still continue to discover in this amazing place so um, it has changed quite a bit though like the way as, beaches are uh, yeah. the the way the locals look at beaches versus the way tourism is developed around beaches is quite different mm-hmm. so um for me uh, back in the day i would say as a kid we, we did uh, see places like kalangot and baga as beaches where there were a lot of families who would come on a saturday or sunday or even during summer vacation and spend days over there right and it was it was nice we did enjoy that time until of course uh, things did uh, go very commercial that side and today there's nothing like that which can be done there so yeah there is a flip side to commercialization you know uh, there is another side where uh, it doesn't really i would say 
maintain the same identity of the place it completely changes yeah so that's what's happened to the commercial parts although economically perhaps there is you know a benefit to all of this so yeah i mean like there is goods and bads to every side so we can't really uh, say what is what should have been but yeah. right so like yeah. me coming from bangalore right yeah. where it's now become a concrete jungle we have like a saying there garden city to garbage city and all that true uh, goa has still managed to maintain or at least punjab has managed to maintain a lot of that older architecture it still has that feeling of hey we are a little more traditional we have refused to commercialize as much do you feel that or you do, do you feel like it's a bit too much commercialization um i would say uh, from what we've heard from the older generation who lived like uh, we have we we do have some friends who've lived from the portuguese times so when we listen from them of course there is a lot of commercialization but i would say that um Uh, Panjim by itself as a city it's quite unique even for i would say it's one of the most pretty cities of india yeah, yeah. it's very beautiful and has its parts which are very nicely maintained like you know you look at the older parts the latin quarters it's very nicely maintained uh, and very nicely i would say preserved by the locals painstakingly similarly the plant part is also there's been a lot of good work which has happened mm-hmm. uh, of course the during this course there are parts between the the two planned and unplanned parts whether uh commercialization happened you know in i would say in a hurried manner that's where a lot of the i would say the heritage has been lost and um i would say although it could have been better i would still say a decent job has been done with panjam it still has that old world charm to it yeah and it's an amazing city compared to like i would say there there are very few cities like panjam uh, you know which has so much of concentration of heritage in a single place mm-hmm. so uh so to answer your question it is more like 50 50 right so 50% definitely has been lost and 50% is being very nicely maintained and there are there is some good work also happening around uh, in the city to keep this heritage alive keep it alive yeah yeah okay i'm going to put you on the spot and i'm going to ask you and not just panjim mm-hmm. anywhere in goa five of your favorite restaurants that you would recommend for people to try uh anywhere in goa right anywhere in goa five Okay, okay. Mm, okay, so I would say my picks uh, would be uh, let me start with Panjim itself. Mm-hmm. Uh I would say one should definitely go and visit um uh I would say Club Vasco. It's it's like a beautiful I would say it's an old club which has managed to uh, retain I would say it's uh you know it's look it's aesthetics it's, this is still serve authentic goan food along with very uh, good feni as well mm-hmm. so that's a nice place to visit it has the vibe of you know the vintage vibe back in the day the uh you know the viceroys and you know the nobility they would go and visit these clubs it was entry was not allowed for the common people yeah. in that place but today it's a restaurant which is open for everyone yeah. and it's very close to the panjim church as well and it's within the city so it's easy to find so club vasco definitely my pick in panjim okay and uh, i would uh, uh, you know i'm also going to include another um, you know joint in panjim which is interesting which is the uh, 31st january bakery yes, that's that's i love 31st january i've been there twice now but go ahead <laughs> you tell them why it's great it's it's the oldest uh, bakery of panjim that is one and they still use the wood fired oven methods of baking it they still maintain that that you know has helped them retain the taste 
of how you know dishes would be baked right from the the bibimbap to the breads and all the different uh, baked delicacies they make it it has that signature taste to it because of the wood fired oven that yeah. they use yeah. it's a very small place and it's completely tucked away but it's it's not so difficult to find and it's gorgeous i mean yeah it's so everybody is so nice i i got a chance to eat a roast pork Oh my god I was like that was the first meal I had <laughs> on my trip to Goa and then of course I had the bebinka it was very like gentle but uh, off this uh, yeah. tangent uh, that's two places you mentioned yeah three more um I would also pick uh, you know a few newer places I would say like um, uh, there have been some interesting uh, places which do some fusion cuisine I would say like uh, there is um, I would say mustard in uh, Asagaon which is quite, quite interesting mm-hmm. uh there do you do get some very interesting food which is like a fusion of bengali and french cuisine oh. so oh, oh. so these are these are nice places to experiment again so right. that's that's nice then my fourth pick would be uh nostalgia which is in uh, raya so they are they, they've been serving authentic goan food from generations so that's that's another amazing place if you want to try you know any of their signature dishes like shakuti or Uh, you know they are uh, kaldin and so on it's it's all amazing so you should definitely have a meal that's in south goa mm-hmm. and uh, the other place i would say uh, even though it's number 5 it's um, it, it's not according to the yeah, hierarchy right, it's, right, yeah. it's a super special place it's actually called palacio da diao it's run by um, you know a couple who are part of the family so it's a beautiful mansion uh, indo portuguese mansion in kempe and uh, there you can actually book a meal you have to make a prior reservation and book your meal uh, like your lunch over there yeah. and you get like a really elaborate course of uh, goan cuisine along with some beverages it's it's simply amazing it's not to be missed so these are my top 5 picks awesome thank you so much yeah. uh, there was one thing you mentioned i saved this question you mentioned feni i know what feni is you know what feni is so the listener might not know so if, if you had to explain feni to a first time drinker what would you say feni is So Feni actually is uh, uh, the second distillate of the cashew juice. So the you first have the cashew juice which is called Nira, and then you know uh, the uh, the the first distillate of Nira is uh, Urak, which is you know the season we are in right now, the yeah. month of uh, I would say March to comfortably till June and July. Urak should be super easy to find in Goa. and feni is of course then available throughout the year and um, feni is the second distillate it is i would say the alcohol percentage is similar to what would be in a you know whiskey drink but it's a heritage brew of goa which means uh, feni also has a, a i would say a geo um, indication status which means feni produced from the goan cashews you know only then it's feni mm-hmm. otherwise it's not of course cashew apples are grown everywhere in kerala and in Um, Maharashtra as well, but the cashew apples from Goa are the ones which are uh, used for feni. Used for the authentic signature feni, which Goa is known for. So it's actually it's feni. Sometimes can be a quiet taste, but um, I would say it's it's quite an interesting drink. You can make very interesting palatable mixes. You know, say along with mint and lemon and all of that. So there are very interesting mixes. There are some infusions which are being which have been introduced in Goa, like. Right. 
you have uh, infusions which can be done with different kinds of berries mm-hmm. and that makes feni even more and more palatable right so feni has its own medicinal uses also like back in the day uh, when someone had a bad cold or something would go wrong with the stomach feni would be heated with a little spices and you have a little bit of it it was medicinal also so like a a, a rum or a brandy true yeah yeah similar but now obviously similar. different tastes yeah very but similar uses similar uses yes now, now you mentioned urak i got a chance to try urak yesterday i had heard of any before i'd never heard of urak okay right so uh, for anybody listening who thinks i was being inauthentic by oh any everybody's heard of urak you might not have heard of can you describe urak quickly so urak like i mentioned it's a first distillate and it has a slightly lesser percentage of alcohol in it mm-hmm. it does have a little bit of an oily texture to it because of the you know the cashew the first juice of the uh, of the cashew apple has that texture so yeah. uh, only when you actually boil it further and do the second distillate only then actually that oily texture is lost so urak is i would say one of the most smoothest drinks actually yeah. and and go and simply love urak because um uh, one thing is it, it it gives you a very different kind of a feel compared to a feni which has slightly more alcohol mm-hmm. and you can really enjoy feni in this season even even though it's very hot it doesn't make you feel very sick at the same time right so urak is something which i think everybody should try if you're open to trying feni then you should perhaps start with urak it's a great way to start and uh, it has great flavor and again you can make some great mixes you know using chili and lemon and uh, mint leaves also yeah awesome thank you so much um last two questions yeah first um if you had to select three pieces of advice to give to a first time traveler what would be your um, three pieces of advice uh, okay first time traveler to goa is what i'm assuming yes. a- any place, any place? Okay. Yeah, um i would say uh, be sensitive to the i would say, i would say the culture of the of the place mm-hmm. uh, i would say uh, it's best to actually in find a local community you can interact with and try to see integrate a little bit yeah yeah you can definitely do whatever is in your checklist of course but if you can do this if you can integrate that with the local community uh, the the checklist bits which you're doing then the whole thing turns into an experience yeah so otherwise it becomes more like a checklist or a sightseeing a hurried itinerary so if you can introduce community interactions and i would say cultural um, elements within your itinerary you then it will be a lot, lot more experiential more, yeah. of course and yeah and the final advice of course i would have is um, it's best uh, actually to um, you know uh, not over plan your itinerary try to keep some space for you to i would say get off the the regular path Yeah. you know that any traveler would take that would help you actually i would say rediscover yourself and also the place you know whatever notions you had about the place all those myths would get busted that way yeah. like don't leave your hectic life to do a hectic trip exactly yeah, yeah. so ha- have a little bit of breathing space and travel slow that's what i'm trying to say awesome yeah and last thing uh, is just a free sort of i would love for you to talk about make it happen just uh, sort of promote it to the listener why they should try it out and even if they're not being with you uh, a place that they should travel next um okay start with 
you know make it happen like i said we specialize in community based local experiences and our storytellers the kind of people we work with also you know they are um, uh, while you know they specialize in the history and culture they they have a very really amazing way of telling stories and connecting with the people and ma- help making sure people connect with the things and the places they are seeing around right so i would say make it happen is uh, more like uh, you know we can bring out the best of a particular location mm-hmm. and if you actually take a, an experience with make it happen you will start seeing a place in a, through a different lens yeah so that's what we aim to do start seeing things you know with new eyes that's that's the, that's our brand uh, story of course mm-hmm. and we are actually your discovery companion you know we uh, are your trusted discovery companion and uh, that's what you want to be and um, i'll rephrase the last question if yeah. you could travel for yourself somewhere where do you want to travel next uh on a personal level actually we uh, we do love himalayas a lot and going to the himalayas every year is something which is very i would say rejuvenating for us so i would say everybody should also travel the himalayas once in a year so yeah. that's the a uh, small piece of advice which i have it's 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 quite rejuvenating and uh, you reflect a bit upon yourself and when you go to the mountains you automatically are going a little minimalistic also which is good yeah yeah well this has been an absolute pleasure mole thank you so much thank uh, you pleasure is mine this was so impromptu i enjoyed this one <laughs> uh, i have just been on a heritage walk with make it happen it was a stunning experience i was uh without breakfast and hungover and i i still enjoyed myself two and a half hours just walking and learning about the various uh churches and cathedrals and a lot of different heritage sites a short sort of experience a tight experience uh please check it out and thank you so much uh for listening <laughs>